Three, two, one. Good morning, mother. How are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, very good. Thank you, my friend. This is it feels very weird. Yeah, well, well we are sitting on the floor here and we've got the awkwardness of uh, a special guest in the uh, in the studio this morning. We're sitting on the floor sharing two mics and minus three. Um, and we won't go into the fact that he brought the mic, but not the cord. I, I don't it's think we plug in here anyway, mate. It's a small detail. Yeah, but anyway. Oh, we couldn't have used the, um, the triple header? No, because it's got the different. Oh, shivers. Would you like to introduce our special guest who's here for the mate, third time? For our for our listeners, obviously, what do you call her? Like a like our fans? Fanboys? Fangirls? Yeah. Fangirls, some of them. Couldn't uh, Mainly. Mainly. Majority. <laughs> Majority. According to our statistics from uh, Anchor. We've got a wickedly large female listenership. Yes. Which uh, wow. surprises us. Wow. It does, doesn't it? But for our listeners, it's almost, how do you, what's that game show, Jeopardy? How do we ask the questions in reverse? Yes. He's yes. been on the show three times. Three times. He also has brought one guest and stuffed that up one day. So the real, the real <laughs> listeners will know who I'm talking about just from that end. Just from that hint alone. Who is? Who? For $600, who is? Who is? Wardy. Oh, Wardy back for his 19th appearance. Oh, episode, sorry. what episode are we today? We are 78. 78 today. Oh, hello, Wardy. G'day. <laughs> what an morning. intro, what an intro. It's going to be a clunky morning with the, with the sharing the mics. So I don't know when you are going to want to go into a monologue. Yeah, you know, a long, long monologue. But Wardy, we've got you back. Thank you. Well, you've invited yourself. Well, I sort of, I do invite myself. <laughs> One of the two, I don't know if we've invited you or you sort of told us you were coming. Yeah, you know when you rock up to her car and you're just sitting there waiting. Yeah. It's awkward yeah. to say, listen, mate, we haven't really invited you on the podcast. But actually, yeah. Behind the scenes, mother, yeah. Wardy and I, we were, were trying to surprise you. Yeah. Well, the thing was, I thought you'd befriended another homeless guy this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't. I was going to be here. I was going to look did at I? the guy with the crazy hair over there. You know, he had his hat off. Yeah, praying. I did. It was a, he got a bit of a shadow going. I'm going, oh, here's Rav. He's found another manly special. I he's going to get a word in. <laughs> he's, having, he's bought some, like, you look a little Kramer-esque. I do. Yeah, you know what? It's a... <laughs> now I've got to make small talk with this crazy dude that I don't really want to talk to. <laughs> you know, I can't believe how many people have said I look like Kramer when my hair, when I've got the bouffant going. Oh, it is a good bouffant. It is. It's got a lot of height. Yeah, I'm getting a cut on Monday. It's got all the soft pep colours that you never need. Yeah. <laughs> They've got a bit of ginger coming through in my beard. Oh. I know. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> Oh, we will uh, we'll be uh, for the show notes. For the show notes. For the show notes. But um, Wardy's a, a great mate of ours, and he and he's um and he's a great great man of the people. And I think we'll get it out of the way early, early in the day, Wardy. You've organised now the third two head above water swims, and we're coming into our third. Third, correct. And, and you know what they say about the third one? Oh. Just Hang on. It's <laughs> <laughs> wondering where that was going. But it's just before the fourth one. So in 2021, we're into our third head above water swimming. Correct. Can you tell our listeners who haven't listened to your other mm. two <laughs> sittings <laughs> what is head above water? Thanks, mate. Um, so we've got the 
third one coming up on the 20th and 21st of March, so Saturday, Sunday. And for those who don't know, it's a um, 24-hour swim. And all the money we raise is for mental health and putting on mental health programs and um, initiatives on the northern beaches. And it was all brought about by, I guess, my own sort of experiences, having a bit of a struggle two and a half years ago and thinking, what could I do um, which would have an impact on the northern beaches? So I got a bunch of mates together and we came up with the idea of the 24-hour swim. Um, and the, the the swim's at Collaroy Rockpool. And like I said, the idea is you could swim one lap or you could swim 50 laps. And we've got four different levels. So we've got the beginner, which is probably Muzz. Yeah. Um, we've got... Uh, We've got the um, uh, the hack, which is someone who probably, which is Ravi. Actually, probably would be Ravi. We've got the weekend warrior, which is me. <laughs> and then we've got the pro, although I put myself into the pro and after about four laps, I got lapped multiple times and had to move. I actually put myself back into, I think, the, the hack. Yeah. I dropped myself. Um, so the idea is to, to really have a bit of fun. Can I tell you something? Yeah. <laughs> Can have whatever lane. Oh, you right. can. Yeah, this, the pro, the hack, they're all fairly similar. Woody wouldn't know that. Yeah, Woody nah. doesn't. What we've done. I was asleep at that time. Both years that we've done the uh, done the head above water swim, you only have to swim for an hour. We shouldn't let that. It's not a twenty-four hour swim. Correct. The individual only has to come down for an hour. Well, one, one hour slot. You could swim for five minutes if you want. Yeah, you can too. Yeah. Um, we've always gone the two of We've gone the what we thought was the loneliest. And they have been lonely. There's no warty there. Oh, three. Is it three? Yeah, three. Oh, when, when the coffee shop was open. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the coffee shop opens about four thirty, I think, quarter to five. And I turned up around that time. It was lovely. <laughs> so, so the, so you get the, uh, the third swim, the Colorado pool. It's uh, the twenty-four hour swim, and you started off the back of you know the experience that you'd had. With um, with some some struggles around your own mental mm. health, and you thought to yourself, "This is, I, I'm just kind of going." I remember us talking about this before, mm. where you went, "Far out, man! If I can, if I can experience this, and anybody can experience this, what are we doing?" And you you popped along to a a tomorrow man event up in Avalon that quite a few people have spoken about over the Correct. last couple of years, mm. with 200 blokes just there on a night in Avalon of all places, Woodstock. It's like Woodstock. It was a sem- I think it was a seminal moment on the beaches yeah. for mental health. And I, but people are still talking about it years later, this Tomorrow Man event in Avalon. So that we weren't. That we weren't having that, no. We no. But I'm sure a lot of people weren't at Woodstock either. And they still and I sometimes think of audience with Jimi Hendrix. Wow. Of, with the hair at the moment. It is a little crazy. But obviously that was that, that event has spawned a lot of other Yeah, because Woody talks about how he was there and he was thinking, wow, these guys put this thing on and brought all these people together. It must have been a really good feeling in the room, Woody. You know, heavy, like powerful. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, there was 200 and... I think it was 230 or 240 blokes, uh, ranging from about 16 to... I think the oldest was about 75. And I went there a little bit unsure what to expect and I'd spoken to Gus Wallen or text him and he wasn't too sure... Also, what to expect? No, yeah, because he, he's only been on this show once, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, that's right. yeah. Oh, I wonder, I'm 
it was just a one-off. That's it. He's too busy with his own stuff, isn't he? Um, just, just ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, just before I go any further, CJ did say to me not to go on too many tangents, and I told her that I won't be able to control that. So. <laughs> Doing it best. I thought that was on topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, they've gotten that in. Stop. So we got. So we um. Because what I wanted to ask you about mm. is, uh, you came away from that and you're like, what can I do? And then there was, mm. been, you know, some thinking around what you what you love, where you where you're able to pull your friends together and and, and and make that happen. There'd be other people who who maybe would think they'd like to do something like that. Um. Maybe they feel like, oh, that's for other people to do, but. It, Possibly, I'm, you know, working there. I know these people. What can I do? Would you recommend that process? Like, has it been tough? Has it been rewarding more than tough? And yeah, it is. It, it is. It's it's challenging because my expectations are pretty high. So I think the balance you have is when you're doing something like this, let's call it part time, because it's not my full time gig. You're reliant on people. You're leveraging your network, which I've never really done before. And you got to remember, everybody's got their own it's like a tupperware party. yeah it is a little bit it's um you you yeah correct keep on topic um you everybody's volunteering right and everybody's got their own pressures so i think what's sometimes hard is just making sure that you're getting that balance right where people are getting involved and you're getting things together because so it's if you put me in a role and i need to get that done then i'm like kids now i'm just busy i've got the kids at four correct and work, and like, you yeah yeah, it, it, it is. And, and then you throw in some individuals we've got involved who probably have their own mental health challenges. So that adds a different level of complexity. But look, it is very rewarding and I would encourage people to do it. And I think that on the back of what we've done, there has been, you know, the 24-hour row. That concept kind of came out ahead above water. Um, we've got you for life. And what we are doing, which is pretty exciting, is we're ramping this up now to put a bit more of a national feel to it. So we've got um, the same month next uh, same month next year in March, we've got Knox yep. School. We've also got some really big interest in Newcastle and Sandy, who's involved in the committee, has got some just early discussions going on with a group up in Queensland because he's on the Gold Coast. Um, and we've developed a playbook so that playbook, a bit like, I guess, a franchise model, what we want to do is take that playbook and the concept of the swim and take it out to other communities. And what we're looking for is a community champion, someone who can bring together the resources, but we'll give them the assets, we'll give them some guidance, we'll give them a playbook of how it all runs, and they can put that swim on. And what's exciting about that is all of a sudden we can take it broader than just the Northern Beaches, although the... Collaroy one will still be our marquee sort of swim and all the money raised for Collaroy will all go back into the Northern Beaches. But, you know, if you look at some areas, you know, you've got Newcastle who's got a real challenge around drugs, alcohol and that whole surf culture, not too diff- not too, too dissimilar to Northern Beaches. And then you've got some regional towns which have been absolutely hammered with mental health and suicide and, uh, and drugs. Uh, so we're really wanting to take this swim a little bit broader. Um, and, and as long as we've got a community champion, probably similar to myself on the Northern Beaches, well, I'm really confident. You can have someone, who, have someone who's already involved in the sport, like has a love for the swimming, you know what I mean? Like they love swimming and they 
or do they not necessarily have to be a great swimmer but just want to get people together? I think the latter. Look, I really think you've got to be fairly, I guess, in some ways a little bit gregarious and you're connected and be able to pull things together. I think that's probably what we're looking for. If they've got a love for swimming, that's fantastic, but it doesn't have to be. As long as, you know, they've got the ability and a good network to pull something together. And, you know, most people would have to have a bit of a sporting love, but you don't have to be a good swimmer or necessarily involved in swimming. That makes sense. I was thinking in the playbook, do they have anything about throwing debris into a pool? Like, does it have to rain? <laughs> <laughs> does it have to be cold? Does it have to be cyclonic? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are those the requirements? Of the weather? Maybe we just blot it brand new. <laughs> yeah, correct. It has to be sub Actually, you know what? I've excluded that because because yeah. our weather's been so horrendous, as you know, for the last two years. Two years, the, uh, we've had king tides, we've had surf that's been ridiculous. Other events. Other community events are cancelled because of the weather, except for Wardies. Yeah. Wardy goes deep swimming. Cold. Even coronavirus oh, couldn't hit no, us out. Not even COVID. Correct. You were right on. You were right into that week. Right on the cusp. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's when we were talking that you couldn't catch, and you still can't catch COVID in the water. No, correct. And, uh, but it was early days, wasn't it? It was the first early. weekend. Yeah, it was really early days. And so we have Head Above Water International, obviously, coming up. <laughs> We'll obviously be invited to the first overseas event. Well, that that will expand your um, listeners or listenership. We've already got two in New Zealand, so let's (laughs) let's look at let's look at an easy market. It's a bubble. It's a bubble. But uh, what's the aim? You know, what's the aim of head above water? What what do you really hope to to get out into the community from this week? What would you like to see? This... Fast forward to we're having you for your thirty ninth appearance on before yep. Easter next year. Easter next, that's yeah. it. And we're into wow. Yeah, we're into our tenth swim. What would you like to see? What would if we if we break it down to the northern beaches? And this is pretty ambitious, mm. and it's something which got you for life has been fine tuning and working on for the last few months. Yeah. And I'll sort of position it this way: is Gus has got a goal of zero suicides. Yeah. Now I know that's pretty big goal, yeah. and it's and it's um, you know, it might sound really challenging, but I think if you set a goal that high, um, and even if you don't get the zero suicides, but you can reduce it dramatically, then that's definitely a goal for us. the The other thing would be is to try and get the message out there that you're not alone. And when you're doing things like the swim, you're connecting people yeah. and you're connecting people through physical activity, which, which, as you guys know in the profession you guys work in, is it absolutely can help manage um, mild to moderate depression. Yeah. And if you can then um, regulate that better or manage it better and get better connections, you, you're certainly less likely to get into that situation of potentially doing something like take your own life. So I think if you had to look at, a goal, our goal would be to raise a million dollars for the Northern Beaches. You know, we're up to 160000 So that was a goal I set probably a year or two ago. Again, quite ambitious. I didn't put a time frame on it, but I guess if you said, where do you want to go with it, that would be a goal. Mate, if you put that on uh, Argentina, not the time stamp, but Oof. we'll be there. We'll be yeah, there. Yeah, we, yeah, correct. Yeah. I know. 
No. All Blacks, two losses. Well, that draw they shouldn't. That draw they shouldn't have won. By the way. Absolutely. But I was listening to a great um, All Black on the way here this morning, not knowing that you were you were coming here. And I want to share a little insight because uh, that I got from that, and I thought it was a fantastic analogy for like this whole mental health movement. Because our dads, all of us, would have. Uh, if we were talking about mental health, depression, anxiety, they would have told us to toughen up, toughen up, or they would have just rolled themselves in a cigarette and had mm-hmm. pressures and sort of ignored the whole conversation. Yeah, absolutely. None of this was happening. And he said one of the things that um, he he was having crippling anxiety and, and was really struggling, even as, a, as an all-black, and he sort of said there was one stage where he felt like he had suicidal thoughts, not wasn't planning those sort of things, and, um, he went and decided to go and see a therapist and the first guy was no good. Because the second lady that he saw was just, he said, put it in, in the best way. And I, I've never heard it better. He goes, okay, if you're running a train and your hamstring got a bit tight, what would you do? And she goes, you'd stop and stretch it. He goes, and then if you, you went back and you ran and it got a bit tight again, what would you do next if it tightened up again? And he goes, I'd probably stop and go to, to a physio about it and asked why does my hammy keep getting tight and he goes well you've kind of got to do the same thing with your brain is mm. sometimes stop have a little think and, and maybe ask for help and he goes that's the conversation he goes I'm trying to create with young people now is that there's nothing wrong with going you know I'm going to stop and he said you know the irony was I was taking 400 milligrams of anti-inflammatories to play for the All Blacks on a sad day but he goes I wouldn't go and ask anyone for help, but I was thinking about jumping out of the building. He goes, I don't know if you saw that interview we did with Jaden, one of the players there, big burly guy, prop, had had his own struggles, and Gus and I did an interview with him, and it was really interesting. So, so what you just touched on is so important, and and that's where we're trying to change the vernacular from mental health to mental fitness, because there's still that stigma, and mental fitness is this sort of a, if you look at a linear approach or sort of a fitness approach, you're going to have good days and bad days, but what you touched on is such a good analogy where you go. If I've hurt my hammy, I go and get some help about it. I go and do something. And you then monitor it. You might exercise it. You might go under some different exercises which your physio tells you to do to try and get it better or to try to improve it. And we don't do that with our brain. And I think when you start talking to particularly kids and you talk about mental fitness rather than mental health, they get it straight away. They go, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's a bit like my muscle and, you know, I've got to, you know, I've got to sort of treat it similar to a physical muscle is no different to my brain or my mental health. So I think that's a great analogy, mate. And that's definitely, 
if you go back to that question you asked me before, where do we want to go with it? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Welcome. That's it. Um, is 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 how do you? Well, it's oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think for us, that million dollars or whatever, whether it's a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars, has got to go back into the community and into clubs, sporting groups, invest into parents and you know mums and dads and grandparents. In an in an educational way, because you know that if you look at a sporting group, so let's break it down again to sport because I know we all love sport. If you go to Manly Rugby or if you go to Ringa Rugby, you know, they do have a little bit of welfare there. And I'm not saying they don't manage it well because I think they do a good job considering what they've got. But most clubs at every level has no um, psychologist there. They have no no one with mental health experience, no one with mental health first aid. And as you know, uh, Mananka does that course. And it astounds me that they're managing hundreds and hundreds of men and women and young kids and they have no formal training in this area. They have a physio, they've got a doctor. Like I said, some of them might have some sort of welfare officer, but the great majority don't. Um, And then you've got this epidemic on the northern beaches of mental health problems and high rate of suicide, etc. So for me, I'd love to see every club to be trained in first aid, mental health first aid, that is, by Mananka, because that's one of our program partners. And whether it's with Mananka or not, because there's some national courses around this, they all should have all the coaches, all the senior leadership teams should be trained. Um, so I think that's number one. You know, what would you do in the million dollars? You know, you could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in that space and still not get all the clubs trained on the northern beaches, for example. Um and then secondly would be for each club and each sporting group and each community to have a program around how do they manage mental fitness, let's call it. Because we've got to move away from this mental health, which still has a real stigma and, you know. Like treating, treating a, a condition, you're thinking more like how do you manage those ebbs and flows like you talked about, that linear sort of uh, scale. Yep. How do, how do you help people to make their way through life and develop the skills to be able to do that? But, yeah, correct. And for the clubs to, and I know I keep saying clubs, but let's just call it community groups, to take it serious. Like they invest a lot of money and they have doctors volunteering. And, you know, we're very fortunate when you get to play sport, you usually get a physio who's volunteering their time or a chiropractor and you get a doctor. But they don't have anybody in mental health really. And and it kind of astounds me that they don't invest the time and the effort. So it's trying to change that perception and even when we went down to the rats, there was, a, there was you know, some some people there who weren't probably 100% on board to start with or convinced. Um, but luckily we had some senior players involved and, you know, Wardy was involved, Sam Ward that is, and Rivo, the coach down there, who absolutely understand this area and really wanted to do something. So I think we've got to still try and break down some of those stereotypes and, there's still a lot of older guys, Muzz, as you know, who are in their, you know, I don't know, let's call it maybe late 50s, 60s and even early 70s who still don't really understand this and still have a real stigma attached to it and don't even want to talk about it. And that's still quite prevalent across all sporting so groups. Talk about it, you're not going to be able to, you know, rock over the ball, tackle someone over the sideline because you've opened up and mentioned, hang on, I'm having a bit of a tough time. Correct, uh, correct. It's a funny... 
funny how we have that blockage, people have that blockage in their mind that opening up about where you're at mentally somehow makes you weaker physically. I'm yeah, like, correct. Oh, I couldn't think of anything. It makes you stronger if you can turn it around and talk about Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, he's hit the running already. Oh, 24 minutes in. And that took quite a while. That's a long time before we got to running. You're welcome. Anyway, you go. Well, we had um, uh, Dan Price, who's a, who's a mate of mine, and he, he's part of the Movember um, the charity. Yep. He came up and he was talking about his, his experience. You know, he found himself in a, in a very precarious situation. He got talked down off a ledge and um he was up there in front of so let's say 50 blokes bearing bearing assault to everybody about how it and he could not have looked stronger in that moment rather than everyone going oh, sit down mate like you imagine people are going to say when you think give them like a chat with someone it's incredible i mean the, the the workshop we did at the rats and we had um quite a few people i won't name them necessarily but quite a few people get up both in the coaching staff and the players, and some of them had never spoken about what was going on. And some of the challenges for them were pretty serious. And it was quite incredible. I mean, it was a powerful moment, but the respect and the aberration those people got afterwards was just incredible. Well, I guess it's, you've probably discovered it's, you almost got to have a, a two pronged attack almost. And I don't know whether attack's the right word, but since we're using sporting analogies, you know, obviously the kids are picking up on it a bit quicker than than maybe we are, and the yep. next generation generation are a bit slower on the pickup, and, and they probably need it reframed in different ways, and, and the conversation has to be different to them to what it is to, to our kids, because you know we all know what we got up to when we were kids. We had a smoke on the sheds, we you know took your parents' car for a for, for a drive, you know, if you had a fight at school, it sort of ended at school. You couldn't, Correct. You couldn't go on a digital platform and bully or, or whatever. Continue or to, film it, which yeah, is just incredible. Continue the continue the conversation until the wee hours in the morning. You know, if you're not, Ravi and I had a blast at school. We left yeah, school, awesome. you know, but we could only get on the phone and take that long cord into the other room. You'd never, you'd never go on about it. So you now our kids pick up things whole lot faster and it's hard for us to give you know that advice that maybe our parents could give us is that we sort of know you're smoking behind the sheds but we don't know what's going on mm. in their phones we don't know what's going on in that social media circle we're just not privy to it but they they do pick up on concepts a lot quicker i think in different ways than we ever did um so i don't know where i was going with that just inside, I think. Yeah, no, I think it's good. And, you know, you're kind of saying, well, it's, it's a conversation. conversation. So there's not an answer. No, but it's not an answer. Correct. It's a conversation. Correct. Adam, work it out as we go. Yeah, correct. If you don't talk about it, we don't get to the bottom of it. No, you don't. I don't want to wrap it up, but we have to because we've, we've kind of, we need to go for a swing. But if we could um, just quickly uh, just mention two things. One, I ran from Palm Beach to here today. Cool. And the other thing, the other thing is how, sorry, Woody. But how good our you weren't there, but we were at this we were at Little Veer. Little Veer, our our new major oh, major sponsor. I'm so excited about this sponsor. Well, can I can I just mention just a shout out that uh, they're doing the before the dips lunchtime special. I think they've renamed it this week. Yeah. Have they? Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. It's a five course meal with 
unlimited uh, alcoholic beverages yeah. for two hours at $69 a head. It's called the Before the Dip Special. If you mention us on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Is that right? Yeah, I'm sure. What happens if you're not drinking? Like me at the moment. Just smash the food. Just, just, smash just the get the extra dim sims yeah, and balmy rolls. Another balmy for me, please. Yeah, just like, yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm actually, even though I'm at Collaroy's, you know, you I'm coming down because I, I love dim sims with a little bit of chilli and soy sauce and the balmy roll with the pork belly. The balmy with, with the warm toasted baguette. Oh. It's next level. Yeah. A little bit of pate on there. Yeah. And a, and a All the, the United Nations yeah. have sandwiches. Yeah, the balmy's got everything. It's European, it's Asian, mm. it's delicious. Um, <laughs> thanks, man. What do you think so much for coming down, man? That's okay. Um, we uh, we really, really appreciate your time. I want to thank you uh, also for putting on the scene, which is a huge part of our football yeah, yeah. calendar. Mm. I tell you what, it's going to be controversial this year because you have said it on uh, one of my children's birthdays. Oof. A bit luckily, but you got 24 hours to come down. Lucky I do it in the middle of the night. He's asleep. Yeah. So I thought we could do a 24-hour podcast for as long as I Anyway, let's, uh, let's wrap it up there. This is things going red. It's about to time out. So uh, hopefully just recorded. It was very nervous for me. I'm sweating. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you later. Bye.